If you get back there uh, to sign up for prayer tonight, and for some reason uh, that list is complete and it's full, uh, you feel free to go ahead and double up, all right? And uh, it can't hurt to have more people praying, obviously. And so uh, go ahead and fill that thing up. That will be good. So every day at that same time, you're on it and uh, praying and uh, try to do your best not to forget about that because, once again, prayer is so imperative, so important for us. Well, anyway, we're glad you're here tonight. And again, what a great, great uh, turnout we had yesterday. Uh, what a tremendous uh, uh, just uh, pass out we had. Again, our goal was not door knocking yesterday. We're just doing the door hangers. We had basically 13,000 door hangers in a little over two hours. We wanted to hit 12,000 in two hours. We came a little short, so we said we're going to hit 12,000 one way or the other. Before it was over with, we had 13,000. And so uh, the Lord blessed, and we had a great day. Uh, I just got a call here just a little bit ago from a fellow. He, <clears throat> he called, and he, uh, he said, are you the pastor? And I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> I get nervous when people ask that question. I don't know their voice, you know. And, and he said, well, I got one of those flyer things you hung on my door yesterday. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, good. He said, uh, you're going to have that Don Swigert there? And I said, who? He goes, Don Swigert. You have a Don Swigert there? I'll come and hear him. I said, sir, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he said, he said, well... He goes, I said, uh, he, he said, well, you probably wouldn't have them anyway. And I said, well, we already have our speaker set for this week. I said, uh, for the coming week. I said, we'd be more than happy to have you. would love to have you. Uh, certainly look forward to seeing you. He's like, yeah, well, if you had Don Swigert, I'd be there, but oh well. <laughs> and he hung up. <clears throat> I think that's supposed to be Jimmy Swigert's brother or something. Is that, that's not true? Or maybe it's his son. Maybe it's his son. I, I have no idea. I, I don't know. What, but anyway, I said, I have some swagger, but I don't have no swagger. <clears throat> but any, no, I didn't say that. But anyway, so I don't know. We've, got, we've already gotten some response. That's good. Any response is better than none, I guess. Uh, they say, good, uh, no news is, what's who? No, that's not the one I want. They say, bad publicity is better than no publicity at all. I'm not sure that I always agree with that one, but nonetheless, uh, he, he called. So we, we've had some already responses. Reactions to our pass out, that's good. Um, I think uh, I was talking to Miss Francis, and she said that uh, somebody came to her at work and said, uh, uh, or, or somebody called her, something told her already, I had one of those on my door. Well, so it, it's getting around. Somebody, she ran into somebody that already got one on their door, and I'm sure if you would, you would too. 13,000 is a good number around here, so I'm sure a lot of people got them. But nonetheless, <clears throat> that was good. So great job, and uh, we were excited about how it turned out. Take your Bible, if you would, turn over to the book of Luke, chapter 5. Luke, chapter 5, tonight, uh, I, I preached my Sunday night message uh, this morning, okay? So, uh, good luck. You'll get what you get, you know what I'm saying? We just, I don't know, we'll see. <clears throat> well, we're not going to preach too long. We want to make sure that we have time to uh, talk a little bit about the tent meeting, get the, some uh, commitment cards out into your hands, prayer cards, that kind of thing. So, we're going to take a little time to do that. So, this message will probably last 20 minutes. <clears throat> It's a real, a real quick one. You don't believe me. What, I, you hurt me when you doubt me like that. 
Nonetheless, we'll see what happens. I right, just have a little simple thought. A simple thought. Actually, I'll be honest with you. I, I was racking my brain. I was. I was. I finally just got on my knees. I laid on my face before the Lord. I said, "Lord, you know, you got to do something here. I, I don't have a thing for these folks tonight. I don't have a thing." And for whatever reason, Lord, just this. I, I just. Told, I said, "I'm gonna start reading my Bible, Lord, till you give it to me." And uh, I did. I started reading my Bible, and within a matter of just. I don't know, 30 seconds, boom, there it was. So anyway, <clears throat> I just want you to, I, I hope this will be a help to you. I think it will be a blessing to you. It's a tremendous truth, really. I'm amazed, really, how the Lord does that. But uh, let's, let's take just a few minutes and take a look at Luke chapter 5, verse 27. <clears throat> and after these things, he went forth and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And he left all, rose up, and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house, and there was a great company of publicans and of others that sat down with them. But the scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do ye eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answering said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Of course, in our passage, the Lord Jesus Christ has just enlisted a, another disciple. He's just enlisted another worker, co-laborer, if you will, Levi. He finds him there at the receipt of customs, and he says to him, he says, Hey, listen, it's time you give up the, the life and the work, and you follow me. Well, Levi, the Bible tells us, uh, he gets right in. He left all, rose up, and followed him. He even gathers all of his friends and others together and he says it's time for a feast and we're going to invite the Lord Jesus Christ and give him a shot at them all. I mean, if his message affected me the way it did, if his words affected me the way they did, if his heart affected me the way it did, then it could affect them the very same way. And by the way, let me tell you, although we live in a very sin-sick world, although we live in a very difficult time tonight, let me tell you, Jesus' words and Jesus' look and Jesus' heart and Jesus' love can affect others the way it affected you. Too many times we get the idea that Jesus Christ just can't affect others the way he affected us. But he can and does. So Levi, it says, left all, rose up and followed him. Again, it says he left all before he rose up and followed. It would only make sense to me, I guess, that a person, and this is what I understand. I want you to see it real quick. Look here. This is what hit me. Verse 28. And he left all, rose up and followed him. Now, hold on a second. It seems to me that you would first rise up, then you would leave all and follow Jesus. It seems to me that if I was at the receipt of customs, receiving customs, I could not leave all till I rose up. I would rise up, leave all, and follow Jesus. That's what it seems like to me. It struck me funny that he left all, then rose up and followed Jesus. I don't know if that strikes you funny, but I automatically and immediately thought to myself, what a tremendous truth that is. I mean, before Levi rises up, before he follows Jesus Christ, he has already left all. Now maybe, I don't know, just... I don't know. Jesus, he could have said to Jesus, Now, Jesus, listen, you just go ahead and leave. 
go ahead and take off. I'll catch up to you later, but I'm going to leave all. And he started to bear crawl out of the city. And then he rose up and followed Jesus. Doesn't make sense to me. He slithered on his stomach on out of the city, finally rising up and then following Jesus. Makes no sense, does it? He didn't do that. But the Bible still says that he left all. Then he rose up. And then he followed Jesus. Wow. That means that before he rose and before he followed Jesus, he had already forsaken some things. He had already forsaken his love, which was money. He had already forsaken his livelihood, which was that of a publican. He had already forsaken his life, which was his friends and his normal routine. Before Levi ever rose up, before he ever followed Jesus, he had already said, I'm no longer going to love that money. I'm no longer going to hold on to my sinful ways. I'm no longer going to follow after sin and sinners. I'm going to. I'm going to leave all. And then after leaving all, he rose up from that seat of customs and followed Jesus. Tonight, I just want to share a couple of simple thoughts with you before we dismiss this evening. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for the opportunity that we have, Lord, to to leave all and rise up and follow you. Thank you for your salvation and thank you for your eternal home in heaven that's ours by faith in Christ, your Son. Lord, that shed blood is so precious. Tonight, Lord, we as believers gather here Desiring, longing, thirsting to hear from you. Lord, may you do something miraculous in our hearts and our lives. May you teach us something tonight that will help us. Every time we are tempted to look back, every time we're tempted to stray, may we remember the decision we will have made tonight if we haven't already made it. God help us to leave all. Well, thank you in Christ's name. Amen. A truth. Before we rise up and follow Christ, we must leave all. It's very sad to watch believers who have started out strong for God suddenly return to their old life and ways. It's sad, isn't it? It's disturbing. It's gut-wrenching. What is likely the reason for this return? They rose up and followed Christ before they left all. See, the choice to leave all takes place within. Again, Levi is sitting at the receipt of customs. Levi has found his place there and there he does his business. The Bible says that he left all. That was not a physical act because the next thing he says that he did was rise up. He obviously left something before he ever rose up. He did something internally before he did anything externally. 
Bad choice that we make within is in essence choosing to burn all the bridges in our lives. Any bridge that would lead back to our old life, our old ways. It may include our friends or our family members at times. It most often and normally includes our lifestyle. It may often take the form of separation outwardly. But don't be fooled. The only separation that lasts is that which begins within. There is nothing wrong with separation. The reason why it doesn't work in most cases is because the people separated have yet to leave all. They have not separated themselves internally. They've only separated themselves externally from the world. They have rose up and they have followed Jesus. They've taken their place in the choir. They began to teach Sunday school. They began to run on the buses and help in the, in the church. They're busy and actively serving Jesus Christ. But they have yet to leave all. They've only rose up and followed. They're doing all the right things. And appear to be doing it all the right way. But internally they have yet to separate themselves from the world, from sin, and from the devil. Levi was sitting at the receipt of customs and Jesus says, follow me. Levi says, well, okay, fine. I'll rise up and start following you, Jesus. But man, I sure wish I could have that money again. I sure wish I could make a living like I used to make. I sure wish I could enjoy the comforts that I had when I was back in the world. I wish I could still hang out with my buddies and my friends and drink a little wine and enjoy some women. I wish I could just do those things that used to bring pleasure to my flesh. But long before Levi ever rose up, long before he ever followed Jesus Christ inside, somewhere, deep in his inner being, he left off. He left off. Oh, that's why, because this whole thing fell off. Wow, the whole thing fell off. There you go. They make these things really cheap these days. <laughs> Preacher, are you a little bit passionate about this? Yeah, I'm real passionate about this. I'm very concerned about the direction of Christianity. I'm concerned about our churches. I'm concerned about our people. says that Levi left all and then he rose up and followed the Lord. And you know what? You and I need to do the exact same thing. We need to leave all the roars of a, for, for, that, that, that bide for our attention. Even that which whispers our name, we need to leave behind. We can't allow the flesh to be indulged in the least any longer. We need to leave all that entices our natural man and permit only those influences that strengthen the new man. We've got to leave all. In the Word of God, there's a few examples. We're only going to take the time to really look at one. But I want you to take your Bible, look over at Genesis chapter 19. We see a perfect picture of this again. It begins within... There is a conscious decision to leave all for the cause of Christ. 
You know what? I'm taking this jacket off. This one seems to pound the, that, pole, that mic, and it has a tendency to go Okay, so let me, let me just do that. I enjoyed not preaching with the jacket this, this morning. It was nice. I had to take it off this morning. It was part of my illustration. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 19. Look at verse 15. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, Lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful unto him, and they brought him forth, and set him without the city. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in all the plain. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Of course, we know the story how Lot had made his way down to Sodom, obviously, because of the the discord between he and Abraham's servants. And they decided the separation was most important because they could not dwell together in peace and harmony. So nonetheless, Lot makes his way down to Sodom. Boy, they were beautiful plains. There was such prosperity. There was so much potential. And yet what ultimately happens is a tragedy. Lot is found to to interact and ultimately compromise. And before it's over with, he is right in the center of the city, sitting at the gate of the city. He is recognized as one of the leaders of the city. There he is now, his family being lost to the world simply because he was unwilling to stand for Jesus Christ. And now the angels come. God has grown weary of the sin of Sodom. And he sends his angels down and the angels say, Lot, it's time to leave this place. He goes and he seeks to grab, uh, to obtain all of his children, to bring them together, to flee out of the city. But he finds that two of his children that are married now have no desire to leave. They and their husbands and families will ultimately be destroyed in the city. But Lot, his wife and his two daughters are whisked out of the city. By the angelic host. There they take them out by the hand, dragging them, so to speak. Hoping to save them. They escape the city and are told, they are instructed not to look back. Do not look back. Genesis chapter 19 verse 24 now. Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife. But his wife looked back from behind him. And she came She became a pillar of salt. See, you could take her, you could take her out of Sodom. You know what's coming, don't you? But you couldn't get the Sodom out of her. Do you know why she looked back? Because there was so much behind. Oh, I understand, and please don't misunderstand. I don't know that I completely fault Mrs. Mrs. Lot. 
I mean, if I had two children that were being destroyed in that, that, that wrath of God, I, I would be so overwhelmed with grief and my heart would be breaking. I, I don't know that I can honestly say that she did something that I would not have done. But she looked back. She looked back because she had not left all. She rose up. She followed the angels. But she hadn't left all. Her heart was still in Sodom. Well, God help us to realize that we need to leave all before we can effectively and faithfully rise up and follow the Master. We somehow think that if we just turn on the spiritual light, if we just make up our mind that I'm not going to do some of those bad deeds anymore, I'm going to just live my life for Jesus, I've decided to follow Jesus. That's good and that's wonderful. But let me tell you, there better be a decision to leave all. Not just the parts that you don't like or the ones that cause you difficult circumstance or make you uncomfortable or cause you to, to look bad in front of others. I'm talking about anything and everything associated with the past. I get a little bit weary of hearing about women who ultimately divorce their husband and go back with some high school sweetheart because they found them on Facebook. I'm a little bit fed up with things like that. Why don't you just leave all? Why do you got to play around with fire? Why do you have to incite those desires of the past? Why do you have to allow yourself to dream or to fantasize about something that should not even be on your mind? It's ridiculous. We wonder why we're messed up. Problem is, we haven't left all. Well, I married this guy, but I just can't get my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend, out of it. Boy, that girl I used to date, I mean, I love my wife and all, and I love my family, but every once in a while I can't help but think about her. You know what your problem is? You haven't left all. Then wonder why your wife feels insecure around you. Or your, your husband feels insecure, ma'am. You wonder. You wonder why every time the phone rings, he thinks it's somebody. It shouldn't be calling you, or vice versa. You better make it very plain and very clear, not only by what you say, but by what you do and how you act and the attitude you possess, that you have left all. There is no place for a bridge. There's no place for returning. There's no place for your mind. There's no place for your body back there. It belongs right here, right now. Lot's wife, she rose up, she followed the angels, but she hadn't left all. And you know what? It would have been easy for Levi to do like many a Christian. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. I'm going. Rise up and follow Jesus. Begin to put on the act, live the life, follow through, and honestly, try with all your heart to appease and to please the Lord Jesus Christ. But down deep, if you haven't left all first, you will ultimately leave him. You didn't get it, did you? 
If you don't leave all, you will ultimately leave him. We see Lot and his wife. But then also we notice Jesus' admonition. Look, if you will, over in the book of Luke, chapter 9, verse 62. Luke, chapter 9, verse 62. Notice the Bible says, and Jesus Christ, of course, himself is speaking. He says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. You ever been driving down the road, take your eyes off the road? You know, you're like this. You're like, it, when I do that, it used to be I wasn't as bad as I am now, but when I do that now, I go, <clears throat> my car, I'm like, whoa! I mean, I start I'm off the road, turn back on. I take my eyes off the road, and next thing I know, I kind of follow myself. I kind of drift. I don't know, maybe you don't do that, but I do. It seems to most often happen to me. It seems like I swerve left or right, and I'm bad about it. I, like I said, nowadays I'm worse than ever about that. <clears throat> you know when a believer gets off course, it's usually because they've gotten their eyes off the goal. You know the goal is Jesus Christ, I hope. You know the goal is not passing out 13,000 door hangers in two hours, although that's a blessing. That wasn't the goal. That's not the goal of the Christian life, although that's a good goal to have because it helps to encourage the Christian life. And it also helps to reach others with the Christian life and because it fulfills the command of God to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's a wonderful thing, but if that was the goal... If that was why we did that, is just simply to pass those out, so that we, today we could go, we got 13,000 passed out. <laughs> I used to play Santa at the YMCA. No, actually I didn't. But anyway, I'm just saying. But That's not why we did it. We didn't do it just for that purpose. That, there's a means, it's a means to an end. Ultimately, we want to exalt Christ. Ultimately, we want to glorify the Lord. But really, in reality, it's all about Jesus. And that's what our life ought to be about. Too many times, we have, we have allowed ourselves to stray. We've gotten our eyes off of Him. And next thing you know, we find ourselves kind of where we didn't expect to be. I don't even know that people intentionally end up there. I don't believe that's how it works in most cases. I don't think most people just go around going, you know what, I can't wait to drink and get drunk again. I can't stand the Christian life. I don't think people do that as a whole. I think it gets to that point where they're just like, I can't stand the Christian life. I'm going to go get drunk. That's what's fine. I think it gets there maybe. But that's not how it gets there. There's a progression. I think people genuinely and honestly want to follow the Lord. I think they sincerely want to rise up and follow the Lord. The problem is you won't continue to follow the Lord until you have left all. Sooner or later you're going to go become a little dismayed with the Christian life. You're going to be a little discouraged by the people that you have to confront and deal with. Listen, do you think you're easy to handle? You say, well, you're not that great either. That's my point. Nobody is. We are people today. Do you think you're any easier for me to handle you than it is for you to handle me? 
Listen, we all have our issues. We all deal with things. You don't necessarily have to like how I smile. And you don't have to like how I preach every time I get up in the pulpit. But you do need to understand that I am doing the best I can with God's help to be a blessing to you and your families. And you ought to at least show me the same respect that you demand from me. I mean, we do that. We do it out of courtesy and we do it out of commandment. I say, okay, obviously she had a bad day. Why would she look at me that way? Why would she act that way? She obviously had a bad day. But no, we don't. I think she's all about herself. And she's trying to act all prissy. And I don't like her attitude. And I don't know what she I did. I didn't do anything to hurt her. And then you get on Facebook or you get on the phone or you get on, on your texting and say, do you, do you know what's wrong with so-and-so? Is there something wrong with her? No, why? She was acting all snotty today. You won't use that word snotty, but that's what you meant. And you made it very clear when you said that or texted it or put it on Facebook. And next thing you know, everybody in the world's going, what's wrong with so-and-so? I hope nothing happened. But down deep, down deep, it's really just downright, you know. A heart problem here. Why don't we? Why don't we get along? Why don't we just get along? See, if you made up your mind that this is where you were going to be, no matter what, you would say, you know what? Why be miserable here? Because if I'm just determined to be here because this is where God wants me, then I'm just going to go ahead and you know what? Leave all. I'm just going to forget about it because there's no reason to get mad at someone and have to deal with it every time I come to church. Because the truth is, I'm going to be there either way. I might as well not have an attitude. I might as well not be angry with someone. I might as well not be upset with somebody. And vice versa, if they're upset with me, too bad. Can't help that. I'll do what I can if I think there's something I can do. If the Lord lays it on my heart to talk to them, I'll talk to them. If I think there's a problem, I'll definitely address it. But if they're convinced that I'm a jerk, then I'm a jerk. So be it. If I've done nothing to deserve that title, oh well. I'll pray and if God wants me to do something, I'll do it. Until then, I'll just keep being faithful, kind, considerate, and I'll keep smiling. And every time I shake their hand in love and genuinely concerned about their well-being, I guess they'll just be more mad because it'll be heaping coals of fire on their head. I mean, I don't understand why we're so miserable. You know, if you know what would do, if we would just leave all before we ever entered into our marriages, we wouldn't be tempted, again, to get divorced and leave him. <clears throat> if we would uh, leave all before we start serving Jesus Christ, guess what? When times got tough and the burdens became great and life wasn't going the way we intended it to, our finances weren't necessarily working out the way we hoped they would, and our 401k isn't growing as we expected, and our job just fell apart, and our life has just seemed to be wrecked and ruined right now, and nobody seems to understand where and why I'm, where I'm at. Hey, listen, you're still going to be in his pocket. And you're still following him. It doesn't matter what happens because you've already left all. You have nowhere to return to. You know what? That's our problem. We've just got too many options. Levi says, I don't have an option no more. I'm shutting this door. Now listen, I'm not talking about leaving your job and making everybody mad so that no one will ever hire you back. We're not talking about that. I'm not talking about your last day of school. You're a sophomore and you're going to be a junior and you walk into your class and go, and you say some nasty things to the teacher and to the kids. And all of a sudden you go back the next year and you think, man, that was stupid. Yeah, that was real stupid. Man, don't close that door. Don't burn that bridge. 
You may have to go back there. You may be in class with some of those kids that you called names. And you may be in that class. just happens that they may change the teacher's classes and you get stuck with them for geography or for some other wonderful course like pre-calc. That's a wonderful course, isn't it? Burn those bridges. Jesus says, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Paul the apostle said, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, if you're not here next year, you know why it'll be? Because you didn't leave all. Oh, and listen to me. You may have risen up and followed. You may have started wearing the clothes and looking the part and acting it. But if it didn't start internally, it won't continue externally. If you did not leave all, you will ultimately leave him. Sooner or later, life, Satan, and this world will wear you down. And you'll start to look at God as the enemy instead of the Savior and the God that loves you so much. Be careful. Truth. Again, the reason we go back to the world is because we never left all. What's he say in 1 John? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Let's just be honest. We love that world. I mean, I'm talking about me. There's parts of that world I just struggle killing, dying to. We've got to stop lying and quit trying to deceive ourselves. So be honest about some things. I want to encourage new Christians in this room. The temptation is for you to rise up and start to follow Jesus. And, and you know, that's a good thing to do. But I said temptation because if you have yet to leave all, that path will destroy you. It'll destroy you. Like it destroys thousands of believers every year. Believers that want to do the right thing, but have yet to do it. Do you hear what I just said? They think the right thing is to do the right thing. As far as externally. I'm going to be in church when the doors are open. That's a good thing, and you ought to do that. I'm going to read my Bible, and you ought to do that. I'm going to pray, and you ought to do that. I'm going to be faithful and soul winning. You ought to do that. But if you don't leave all first and you simply rise up and follow him, you'll become disenchanted with that whole mess. Because ultimately it will become a burden to you, not a blessing. You have to make a decision internally before you ever make the decision to function externally. This man, Levi... He left all. Then he stood up and followed the master. 
General Washington was approaching one of the fiercest battles of his campaign. He and his troops had crossed over a bridge as they were nearing the battle. When one of his officers came to him and he he asked whether or not they should burn the bridge behind them. Of course, it was customary to burn those bridges as they crossed over them for a couple of reasons. First of all, to prevent the enemy from slipping up from behind them. And secondly, to prevent soldiers from running away when the battle got too heated. The great General Washington looked toward the battle and then he looked back to where they were, uh, had come from. And then he, then, he, then, then he looked back toward the battle and then he gave his answer. Burn the bridge. It's either victory or death. God help us to have that heart and that attitude for Jesus Christ. Do you know what that attitude is? That's a leave all first attitude. I'm leaving all. If my wife turns tail and runs from Jesus, I'm still going to be following him. If my husband turns tail and leaves Jesus, I'm going to still be following him. If my kids don't want nothing to do with God for whatever crazy reason, I'm going to keep following him. I don't care who gets mad at me, who hates my guts, who likes me or doesn't like me. I'm just going to love people, love the Lord, and love Jesus Christ. I'm just going to leave all because there is nothing better than him. Tonight, let's make this decision first before we make this decision. Isn't it sad when people hear the truth An invitation is given. They stand to their feet, come to the aisle, kneel at the altar and say, God's called me to full-time service. And that's where it ends. You want to know why? Because this decision wasn't made yet. They made this one Before they made this one. Levi said, I'm going to leave all. Then I'm going to rise. And then I'm going to follow Jesus. Tonight, make the decision to leave all. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for this time that we've had together. We thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of your word. Help us, Father, to put things in perspective and to put them in the proper order in our life. Too many times, Lord, if we're not careful, we get excited about doing something before we've ever made a decision to really settle some things internally. Lord, I'm praying, Father, for our young people. I'm praying, Father, for our adults alike. Lord, I, I want them to carry on the work of God. I want them to bear the banner high. I want them to carry on the standards and to follow through with the legacy that we're seeking to leave them. But Lord, they'll never do that if they don't first leave all. 
It's not enough for them to just simply outwardly follow the rules. It's not enough for them just to simply outwardly serve Jesus Christ. They must internally make a decision to leave all, burn all the bridges, leave no return path back to the world, the flesh, or the devil. Father, help us to make the decision to leave all tonight. We'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet, every head bowed, every eye closed.